Welcome to Anchor Daily, where we daily engage in God's Word and prayer, reminding each other of the only anchor that truly holds. Hey, Bethel family, this is Sarah Landon, and I just want to start out by saying thank you. During a time when we've had to be purposeful and creative in ways to build community, you guys are joining us in something new, and it's a blessing to go through it together. Sometimes being a blessing just means showing up, and I wanted to just acknowledge your contribution to this new podcast community. You are appreciated. Thank you for reading along, listening, and being part of the crew. Today's scripture comes out of Exodus 21. So now that you've read through it, you know what might happen to you if you accidentally killed someone, your ox gored your neighbor, or if you happened to leave a pit open and your neighbor's donkey fell in and was killed. I can't personally relate to any of these situations, but I'm not going to file it away as irrelevant because all of God's word is useful if we have eyes to see it. At first glance, our text reads like a list of laws. And how many of you enjoy snuggling up to a copy of your HOA covenants or maybe the copyright laws of the United States, huh? Yeah, me neither. But when we look at a set of laws, it does give us a window into the values of the one who wrote the law. In our case, what gets sifted out on further inspection is God's heart for the vulnerable. In these verses, God outlines situations dealing with slaves, women, and even the unborn. Another thing we have to keep in mind is the context. This is a community fresh out of a culture of slavery, where they were not treated well. Much of what is learned is caught, not taught, right? So God is reframing what it looks like to have someone work for you in His community. Also, there were no prisons, no rehabilitation centers in the wilderness among the people of Israel, so justice had some constraints in order to function for this particular people group. Let's start with slavery. First of all, it doesn't seem right that a people who were just freed from slavery would end up practicing it themselves on their own people. How did these Israelites even end up as slaves to other Israelites? It turns out People who couldn't pay a debt or had stolen something were essentially sold to cover the value of what couldn't be paid. It was meant to be more like an indentured servant or even employee, or for women, it could be a situation similar to a marriage arrangement. So the people who become slaves are really the most vulnerable, the poorest of the Israelites. God shows his great mercy in limiting the commitment of slavery to six years, guaranteeing freedom in the seventh year. There is a situation where the slave can commit to a lifetime of serving his boss, but there's a huge qualifier, if out of love. Let me emphasize that. The scripture says in verse five, but if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Let's be clear. The only exception is if the slave, with a motivation of love, wishes to commit himself lifelong to his employer. Only then can he choose to continue indefinitely. 
I'm guessing this isn't really the picture of slavery you've ever had in your mind. So let's move on to the portion about women. God protects girls sold by their parents from being sold again to someone else. No human trafficking. God protects them from angry, dissatisfied owners. He elevates their status to one of the family if they're given in marriage to the son. No second-class treatment. He even protects girls from becoming the unfavored wife who gets a smaller portion because there's someone newer on the scene. Under any of these conditions, the girl is free to go back to her father's house. Women had so little power in that time, they were completely at the mercy of the men around them. But God saw them and provided instructions on how even the poorest among them were to be treated. And we move on to the part about the unborn. Were you surprised that the quote about eye for eye, tooth for tooth, is actually in reference to injury done to an unborn child? I was. This to me is a sign of God's desire for the protection of the life that only God can give. Life is precious, and people have value and dignity no matter their age or station. It's clear that God has a heart for the vulnerable. Have you ever been one of the vulnerable? I've been the smallest kid in my class, the foreigner who didn't speak the language, and the only girl in the room. My instinct is to avoid vulnerability, if at all possible. But sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just are. It makes my heart swell to know that the all-powerful God of the universe is God of the vulnerable. His heart is for the widow and the orphan, the poor in spirit, the meek, even from these first pages of the Old Testament law. Jesus Christ, the Word, is the same yesterday and today and forever. Let's pray. Lord, you hear the cry of the oppressed. You see the injustice to the vulnerable. And you send your grace and mercy. Thank you for your goodness to us, no matter who we are. May you develop a heart for the vulnerable in us, that your glory would be displayed and your name be praised. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen in tomorrow as we continue to encourage one another to be anchored, steadfast, and secure in Jesus. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also like the chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed rest of your day.